Hey, it's Seth Levitt from the Fish Tank here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. When I'm not riding OJ's coattails in the tank, I'm, well, riding Jason Taylor's coattails at the Jason Taylor Foundation. And this Monday night, November 5th, we've got one of our most popular fundraising events taking place as the Miami Dolphins legend and first ballot Hall of Famer hosts the 15th annual JT's Ping Pong Smash presented by Publix at the Seminole Hard Rock Event Center in Hollywood. Join JT and some of South Florida's best, including current and former Dolphins players, cheerleaders, local media, personalities and more as they team up with generous community members like yourself to play in the original celebrity doubles table tennis tournament yes oj will be there as will ethan skolnick and a number of your favorite five reasons personalities dj preach and i'll be there as well although jt has us a little preoccupied for the night the smash is a great night out for families as it also features interactive games haircuts the best buy fun zone and more so come on out to jt's ping pong smash 15 this monday night november 5th doors open at 5 30 p.m and admission for spectators is just a five dollar donation remember it's at the seminal hard rock event center so park in the winner's way garage for more information visit jasontaylorfoundation.org or call 954-424-0799 you're now diving into the fish tank Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, never been that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank, Seth Levitt here on the Five Reasons Sports Network, and we are midway through the Miami Dolphins season, wish we had a few more check marks in the W column, but we're here at the midway, we're 18 episodes into the Fish Tank, and we figured what better time than to do a best of episode. Now, OJ, like all good veterans deserve, is having a maintenance day, he's getting some rest, He's not here today with me, but in the tank, he's turned his mic on. DJ Preach, what's happening, man? What's up, Big Seth? <laughs> there it is. You're fitting right in. Good to have you. We've had a great run so far, and I think that uh, we could play some of these best episodes, some of the best moments we've had here in the tank, and have a little fun with the listeners. So why don't you dig deep into the files? Let's roll the tape, and I can't think of a better guy to start with than Zach Thomas. How great was Zach when we had him in the tank? Zach's the best. One of the most popular players of all time. Our most downloaded episode that we've had, and with good reason. So Zach told us about a story when he was at the Elbow Room, of course with Larry Izzo. Who else would he be there with? But there was a host of guys, and for some crazy reason, they all started betting that Zach and Izzo couldn't swim out to this buoy, and then the insanity ensued. So pretty sure why don't you roll the tape? Cool, here we go. Speaking of competing, I do recall a story, you know, one of my favorite places in, in the world, Fort Lauderdale Beach, uh, but the Elbow Room. I had a, I had an addition. I had to I had to step my foot in the elbow room every Friday before a game, no matter what. Whether I went and got a, a beer, you know, at eight o'clock at night, and then went home, or just just put my foot in there and walked. I'm kind of superstitious about it, but I, you know, I, I understand that. You, I know that you enjoyed the elbow room as well, and I remember a challenge you also had there, a, more of a swimming challenge. And I believe uh, Izzo was a part of it, of course. Yeah, and I always. think Hunter Goodman Shocker. was a part of it, right? Hunter uh, came you, late. Okay, uh, can you tell me a little bit about this this, this challenge oh, wow. you had outside the elbow room? When was this? So was this kind of, I'm trying to remember. He's a, he's, he was already, yeah, he was, okay. a stab, he was a big time linebacker for it. Yeah. You know? Well, <laughs> it was a great like bar. Like right? it, it was exactly. a great, great dive bar, and we always found those bars. I mean, there might have been a rough crowd. I think they even had a bouncer there, right? Right. You know, and at a bar. And, you know, either the Falcon Pub or at noon, right? Or at the elbow room. And I think, uh, 
after any time we did uh, training camp or not training camp, but OTAs, we would always hit up Falcon Pub or go to the Elbow Room. And one day, uh, myself, Trace Armstrong and uh, Izzo, we went to the Elbow Room and, you know, we're having drinks and we're sitting outside there and we look over at the beach and there's nobody on the beach, you know, and it's like they have the riptide flag up, it's red flag and all. And, and it was like, it was really rough that day. And so Trace, you know, puts a hundred dollars out and he's like, all right, if you, either you go to that buoy and back within 20 minutes, then you get this hundred dollars. And you know, we're like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. hundred bucks wasn't enough to get you out there. huh? No, not a okay. hundred. Uh, I, this is my second. No, yeah, not, I got my second. Contract. <laughs> you're saying this one. Let me tell you. That first contract. Now, Izzo I was looking at I would have done that tab. on a dare, man. I would have done that on a dare. $10. But uh, the pot got bigger. Drinks got more. And you got braver uh, the more drinks you had. And the next thing you know, I don't know what the pot got up to, but it was a lot. And so me and Izzo decided to go do it. Shirts off again, you know. Shirts off again. Shirts Common off. theme there. And you know he had to sprint across the street Sand, and everything. Yeah, so we go across the street. And by the time we got to the water, we were gassed, you know. Oh. I mean, drinking and swimming does not go well. Bad man. combination. I, oh, terrible. Now, how far out was it? You had to swim to the buoy? The Where? buoy and back. And, and you know, hey, it's 75 yards, far, maybe 50. Right, right. So you're thinking yards. 20 minutes this is an eternity. No, this isn't no Rob Conrad, like right. 10 <laughs> 15 miles, whatever. This is, let's don't, I mean, hey, uh, it was a near-death experience. I promise you that. But I didn't, this wasn't some kind of courageous uh, swim by myself and Izzo. It just, we were, you know, drinking a lot and, and decided to go swimming. But it was rough. And so we get out there in the water. And by the time we get halfway to the buoy, Izzo's like, I'm turning back, man. Smart, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just being in that water wasn't very smart. But, uh so I said, I'm going to get there. So I finally get to the buoy, and I'm so gassed. But I look back, and it is farther than you think. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I jump on that buoy, and it wouldn't hold me up. And I just remember all these spider crabs climbing up all over me and everything. And so so it was one of those, uh, you know, life experience where you just see death for your eyes, whatever, how you say that. And uh, so I just was thinking of my family taking on water and I'm on my back and it wasn't, I couldn't swim good. So somebody that was at the uh, elbow room, they said it was a Navy SEAL, uh, started swimming out there. He said, hey, he's having problems. It wasn't Trace. Trace was just probably like, oh, yeah, happened, right. call 911. <laughs> right. I don't know. And uh, I think he was texting everybody. Yeah, he might have been laughing. Hunter, and, you got to get out here. Right. Yeah. And uh, so the guy comes to me and, and I relaxed then because I panicked, you know. And so he comes to me and he's like, hey, I said, don't touch me because I'm going to get this, you know, money. And he goes, dude, this Oh, you're still trying to win the <laughs> bet. Yeah, yeah. win the so bet. had Izzo turned back or was he, where was his? Izzo I, turned I, back I halfway. I so. really thought he went under at one time. I was like, I don't <laughs> oh, know if he's man. back or I couldn't see him. And so the guy told me it's been past 20 minutes. And so I just. So jumped. he knew about the bet. Oh, yeah. So he maybe right Trace there. sent him out Trace there. had told him and. And uh, I jumped on him like a backpack. And, uh, <laughs> and, and next thing you know, I get in and I see Izzo laid out, you know, like like a dead, you know, walrus over there, like rolling on the the sand. And, uh, you know, I get back and I really was like so grateful, man. It was one of those that was, you know, you, you got a little buzz going, but it was just you almost drowned. And so it was just one of those deals I was grateful and. And that I even survived, man. You know, you. Well, you, we are you, too. It was young, yeah. young and dumb. 
during those times and, and uh, you felt invincible at times. And so that's why we have so many of those stories and, and uh, I'm so lucky that uh, they didn't have social media like they do oh my, today. Absolutely. Cause there have been some ugly stories out there. Um, Especially on Seth and yeah. <laughs> here we go, yeah. here we go. Well, you know the stories always. So those things happen, and then they always bleed back into the locker room because somebody can't wait to get back to the locker room to tell them. And then when they get to the locker room, they start to get bigger, right. and oh, larger, yeah. and changes. crazier. Yeah. And by the time yeah. I heard the story, it made, it made it sound like David Hasselhoff, Baywatch. The guy <laughs> ran out there, and they said he cut through that water in like six minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but somebody told me he had you under one arm and his arm under the other. Izzo was on the right, Nipple was on the left. <laughs> That's right. You know? It's a good thing he was out there that day, though. Doesn't sound yeah, like oh, anybody else would have been able to get you. You know what? And I really started cramping up. And, uh, you know, I, we're That's laughing about good. it now. Right. Yeah. Man, that was just not very smart. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, glad to survive. But uh, it's a great man. story. Trace is the guy that pretty much kept us in line, though, me and Izzo. Really. I'm serious. And, yeah. And we always just you know, not that day. I was exactly. <laughs> um, but he always was like, you know, a father figure to both Izzo and I. And he helped me so much in my career and especially with certain things. And and I thank him for that. That's awesome. And uh, but that was not one of them. <laughs> Man, that was probably a little more than Zach was hoping for there. When a guy says he has a near death experience and we're laughing about it, we might need to check ourselves. But it was a hell of a story, as Zach always tells great stories. So next up, we had, I think, the largest set of guests that we've ever had in the tank. The Pouncy Brothers, Mike oh, and Marquise, wow, yeah. some big fellas. Good guys. Great guys. Uh, obviously, you know, fans probably had a little more affinity for Mike when he was wearing the aqua and orange. And and we get it. He's in San Diego now, and, and we wish him nothing but the best. But the reality is Mike's a heck of a guy. Talked about how much he enjoyed being a Miami Dolphin, how he wanted to be a Dolphin for life. And I think ultimately he will be. But before he was a Dolphin, he and his brother were Gators. Now, Priest, you know I love me some Gators. Yeah, yeah. And well documented, well documented here on this show and probably a little bit everywhere else. And when you were a Gator fan, when Tim Tebow was there, that guy could do no wrong. There was nothing impossible for Tim Tebow. Oh, boy. Not even the impossible sit up. Roll it. I mean, Tim's cool. Trust me, we love him to death. And obviously, I think I I want people to know that he was truly what he says he is, man. Yeah. Um, he lived it. He he lived that. He was that godly person on the team and absolutely did everything the right way. And I mean, I, I. I never seen him hang around a you know a female or have have ever have a drink or anything like that, man. He was like, I think he was perfect for our team because we had so many guys from, you know, rough rough background. If somebody was having a drink, y'all would have known yeah. about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that he was like the perfect fit for us. But um, you guys needed that rose with all those thorns on your team. I, right? I, yeah. Should I tell him the story, Mike? Of yeah, tell him. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the one the one funny thing that did happen. I, I don't know if you guys ever seen it, but back whenever we was in school, it was called this impossible sit up thing. It was like this thing, this YouTube or internet sensation thing, where you would prank a guy about doing a sit up. You would cover his face up with a <laughs> with a towel, a towel, or and you would sure. like hold it down and count, and then you'd be like, "It's impossible to sit up." But the guy standing in front of, or, uh, over top of him, has his, you know, his, right. his moon in him, basically. <laughs> so, so we had a whole setup. We had another guy on the team, is like one of our workout warriors on the team, and he act like he couldn't do it. So it kind of like set Tim, I, I can do it. Tim, like I, I can do it for sure. 
There's nothing impossible. <laughs> nothing is Tim Tebow. Right, right, right. That's his mindset. Impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's the way he thinks. So literally, the whole team's in there, and everybody had to work out the six o'clock group, and everyone's in there pumping them up like, "Let's do it, let's do it." So I literally, we get oh, them down boy. there. Yeah, man, this is trust me. They never got out because I mean, he obviously made like a big stoppage to it, but literally it happened to him. I was standing over top of him. He jumps, he sits down, and he, you know, I'm in my moon position, and literally he just <laughs> pops right up. Literally, he channeled everything. Yeah, hey. Oh my god. You guys are the first to hear this story, man. But that, it's a true one, man. But I, trust me. Wait a minute. So he, he, he kind of offended you as well in the situation, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a little violated. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> a little bit more than what you would ask for with the impossible setup. Yeah, right, man. But it, it, it was all fun and games, man. And uh, at, at the end of the day, he got a laugh out of it after he settled everyone down and everyone got everything deleted off of it. And uh, the coaches <laughs> got the involved. But they, I mean, hell, right. yeah. the coaches were on the ground laughing about it too, man. So right. it was a great time. We were all a little bit idiots. <laughs> Honestly, that's how close of a team we were, man. Yeah. Like we're Clear, you know, very, we're, very yeah, close. Man. Yeah, yeah, we got a little bit per- closer than <laughs> most teams. Right. So preach. Clearly, nothing is impossible for yeah. Tim Tebow. Yeah, love the fact that that they made everyone clear off their phones and all the all the recording. Yeah, the Tim shut that thing down, didn't he? I, I wonder if he listens to this if he's laughing like the rest of us are. I wouldn't highly doubt it. Yeah, probably not. He's got to have a sense of humor, but that might have been a little bit too much bouncy for. him. <laughs> we want to introduce you to our newest partner here in the fish tank. Yes, Planet Protein, a South Florida plant-based nutrition company providing rapid-fire nutrition for tough times in our lives. Featuring peanut butter cup, cherry Ooh. almond fudge, and the incredible chocolate magic protein shake mix juice, Planet Protein is the one-stop solution to keep your day going. Yeah, whether you're suiting up for Sunday. Now, you know something about that, don't yeah, you, Just juice? a little bit, or you know, watching from home. I know about that. A lot about that, right? <laughs> Too much. Everyone has a need for quick, delicious, and nutrient-dense solutions for go time. And each product is packed with 20 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods to amplify your place in the game of life. And guess what, Juice? We've got a great deal for our listeners. Use the code FISHTANK, that's all capital letters, all one word, FISHTANK, and receive 20% off all purchases at planetprotein.com. And also check them out on Instagram at planet underscore protein. Another show, and actually the first show that where we ever had a guest here in the tank, was Aronde Gadsden. And I don't think that show's gotten enough credit. No, it's a, it's a great show. Aronde, you know, just a great guy. Very involved here in South Florida sports still with the Dolphins and coaching over at American Heritage. Coaching him up. He, he looks like a receivers coach, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. He never really fit the mold. But, uh, but OG, great guy. Phenomenal guest. Definitely, if you haven't heard that one after you hear this, you should should go back and, and play that podcast. But OG told us about the time that, you know, Lamar Thomas was his roommate. Mm-hmm. LT was his roommate. I don't know if you had something to do with that. I know at that point in time, back when you were with the team, you were rooming those guys up. And they had a Monday night game. Aronde was, as he was leaving the facility, wanted to check with LT and see what time the meeting was. And somehow somebody's wires got crossed. OG tells us about it next. Oh, you talk <laughs> about your situation with Lamar and how, how tight you guys are. I recall one time, the night before we played the Denver game, that Lamar, is it true or not, that Lamar gave you some bad information on meeting place, <laughs> meeting time, you know, because he was trying to take your spot, his, take a spot back. Taking his spot back. Since that Gatorade shit didn't work. He, was <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> he, waited, he waited 15 weeks or so to, yeah, to pull yeah, out a different yeah, stop. Is, is yeah. that true, Big O? You know, what had happened was I, 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 I was going through a little battle of, of my own. <laughs> outside of football okay <laughs> and and he did say the meeting was at seven instead of six 
I, nonetheless, I didn't get there till seven thirty-eight. Right, so, so it didn't I, matter. I, I, the, the, you were late for the seven o'clock meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I was. I, I was wrong, but and I, I understood. You know, he was up. Right. He was up. He was trying to get him a new contract. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and this was, like you say, it was probably the thirteenth game, but it was a Monday night game. Wait, so this is where this it's is like week. 15, 16, actually. And we're yeah. playing who? Denver? Denver at home on a Monday, Monday night. night. Oh, that game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> so so he ended up, that, it worked out pretty good for him, yeah, too. Yeah, no, he had four touchdowns. Yeah, he had a game. He had, he had a, a monster game. game of all games yeah, he right did. there. But yeah, he, he set did. you up, though, oh. He set me up. Right. I, I got in. I, I was mad throughout the whole game. <laughs> I got in and got a touchdown, but it was definitely at the end of the game. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was back to Tampa. You know? It was like when, Two minutes left in the game, but I scored. I scored, and, and you know, listen, I, I was I, I was happy for Lamar. You know, he he got a, he got a little extension that next week. Yeah, actually. He did. And you know, you know, I, I always go through your mind. What what if I had those four touchdowns? Right. I was still under <laughs> rookie contract, so I wasn't. You know, well, you know, a lot of times it's about about accountability, yo. You know, you're right. You're, you're right. Accountability. Game, we can't t- count on you to be there at the meeting on time. Well, it was a Monday night game. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It was, so, so the timing was very different than the Sunday. <laughs> so you threw know, off your whole threw schedule. Threw off my whole schedule. Okay. Whole so schedule. why was LT the guy you were going through though to get that information? Like you weren't going to call KO or you weren't. Well, call- well, like I said, we had, we had been through most of the year, and he was my yeah, roommate. Yeah. So that that Sunday night we were in the hotel, and so when you leave the hotel, you go to the complex, and then we go home. And then just the last person you see just because, you right. know, he, you know, we leaving, eating breakfast. Y'all see you back at what time? I think it's 6 o'clock. It's a Monday night game. It started at 8, yeah, 8.30. Yeah, so. it's late. So, you know, it, it was, it was bad for 7 me. o'clock. <laughs> now, did he own up to it later or did he say, no, I told you the right time? Well, I don't think he ever owned up to it. <laughs> no. I think we just know that that's the fact. Right. <laughs> but, like I said, I was late anyway, so I couldn't count that against ALT. I, I think, you know. I don't know what would have happened. The consequences for me missing the meeting was not the start, but I thought that was like two plays, like the first <laughs> series. <laughs> you know? This ain't Winston-Salem State anymore, OG. <laughs> right, right. Hey, well, see, Lamar caught a hot hand early, yeah, too. He got like, a, you know, yeah, he got a hot yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, him and Dan, they picked that cover, too, yeah, apart. They did. The four read or whatever they had, because he was wide open on the sideline. <laughs> and, and, and he ran it in. Oh, he man. lived it up, too. He lived it Tell up. Tell me, yeah, I want to hear, your, were you excited or were you like, Damn. It, it, a little it, bit of both? It, it goes, yay. <laughs> <laughs> like after the first one. Then the yeah, second one yeah. comes. You know, the first one, you're like, all right, that's enough. Now, nah, you know. Right. I, I served right. my time. Let right. me get back in the game. Were you like standing next to Jimmy? Were you kind of no, walking the sideline? No, no, no. I was, I was standing next to Coach Ford waiting okay. for him to give me the signal. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't cause I, I, what happened, realistically, I, I think – one or two of the touchdowns came back to back. Like right. it was it, quick. Yeah, it was quick. Like we had a drive. He scored. We kicked off. They went three and out. And on the first play, he scored. Like, oh man, I don't think I'm gonna get in. Nah, not he today. Was, nah. not today. <laughs> hey, I know I wasn't gonna see a rock that day either. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know he, that anybody yeah, did. He, he was. He was. He was giving them the business. A no. side note on that. So again, I was working PR at the time, and Monday Night Football. Leslie Visser is the sideline right. reporter. Right. Who's and Leslie's amazing, amazing. to work with. Leslie, Leslie's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know. And uh, and so what happens is you get into that fourth quarter, especially in a game that you know you're running away with, and they start to tell you, okay, this is who we want to talk to post game. Right, 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 right. So clearly it was LT. Right. 
And so I get up next to LT and typically like it's so many times it's the quarterback or it's somebody who's been in that position before. Right. I don't know that LT had ever had been in that no. position before, no. at least not in the <laughs> NFL. And so I'm standing next to him on the sidelines with like three minutes left. I'm like, LT, look, stay close to I me was when this is point. over. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was sure. standing next to you, I was in. You were in the game. So I, and I'm telling him this is what's going to happen post game. And Leslie wants to talk to you. Stay close to me. And he, I got you. I got you. And I reminded him about three different times. That final clock hits the zero. He bolts. He's gone across. And there's a big in the middle of the field. Because I, I imagine yeah. it had to be Danny and Elway, right? right? So right, every, right. there's a big scrum in the middle of the field. LT runs. I, I think he does like victory laps around the whole stadium. And his family is sitting on the in the opposite end zone. Right. And I've lost him. Oh, Leslie Visser was not happy. No, and I've never seen Leslie unhappy. Yeah, no. I'm like LT. So he got you and me that oh, night. Oh, he got go. both of us <laughs> on that <laughs> night. So I'm guessing Aronde never checked with Lamar for for the timing of meetings and buses after that one. Probably not. What, what, was it a little cross wires? Was it a little job security? Who knows? You never really know. I don't uh, know. But who would have guessed that LT would have had a night like that? And I wonder if if OG had gotten the time right and started would he have caught all those touchdowns he could have been a candidate i mean it, <laughs> shoot he, those those mitts those yeah he's got those big got. mitts cool. and danny was slinging it that night as he typically does but i'm guessing that he checked the itinerary or an ops guy after that one for sure so speaking of ops guys and other folks that help make things go it isn't just players that come in here and tell great stories in the tank Stu weinstein the longtime security director of the dolphins who recently retired enjoying his first year not with the dolphins in a long long time dove in the tank and told us some great stuff yeah Stu is really one of those guys who uh outwardly looks really standoffish and gruff but when you really get to know him, he's really will do anything for anybody uh, and uh, would put his body on the line to protect those guys. So. He definitely would. Not afraid to mix it up. Never afraid to he mix it up. He likes a little up. ground and pound, as he told us. And uh, we had a few fight stories. I don't know who had more fight stories in the tank, if it was Stu Weinstein or John Bach, but Stu had some good ones, including an incident at the Bonaventure Hotel the night before a game when he found somebody on the floor that didn't seem like they belonged there they weren't affiliated with the team, and uh, Stu gave him the hey pal treatment. Hey pal. Now I recall Stu another scuffle, a much less formidable opponent that you had. But this was, and you'll have to fill in the blanks. But I remember this was in a team hotel, and there were some guys that were uh, being, first of all, guys that shouldn't have been there at all. But not only were they there where they were, they shouldn't have been, but they were creating a little bit of a ruckus. And then they ran into you. Well, that was Jimmy's first year. We went from staying at Rolling Hills to Bonaventure. And the deal at Bonaventure was they would give us a building. I think there was nine buildings out there. And they would give us a building. I think the building we had was was building five. So we had BSO out there. I, I don't think I had any Leos at that point working the night for the home games. They would travel with us, but they weren't working the home games. But we did have a BSO deputy out there. And I'm getting ready to check. The, but by the way, we're, we're getting ready to play the Cowboys the next day, which, you know, obviously is a big game for Jimmy. So I'm getting ready to check the rooms. Oh, and another thing, this is a, I think, a week to the day before my 50th birthday. So it was like October, whatever, 1996. My birthday is November 1st. So I'm getting ready to check the rooms and I, I go out of my room and I see this guy, probably about 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds, with an attractive female, and, and they're starting to walk up the stairs. So I stopped the guy, and I said, hey, man, I said, uh, I think you're in the wrong building. This building is for the Miami Dolphins. And the first word out of the guy's mouth was, I am a Miami Dolphin. I'm, uh, I'm effing Larry Izzo, <laughs> which obviously I knew he wasn't Larry Izzo, one of our players. So I said to the guy, look, man, you're of not, all people you picked you're, Izzo. Right, right. you're not Larry Izzo. You need to go wherever you're supposed to be. You're not in this building. 
and, and you need to move along. He hands a drink. He had a drink in his hand. He hands a drink to his girlfriend, and he says to him, listen, I'm, apparently I'm going to have to kick this guy's ass. Hold the drink for me. Now, as we're talking, guys are coming out of the room. So there was no chance of me getting out of this thing diplomatically. Right. I mean, it was either going to tell the guy either move along Gut or, check time or, at or, that point. or do what you got to do. What he got to do is he, he rushed me. And fortunately, the guy was the guy was drunk. I mean, he was obviously inebriated. So I got a hold of him, got him on the ground, hit him. Guys told me I hit him like 10 times. Yeah, that's the story. I I, that's what I, I heard. I heard the I, next I, that's what Lamar Thomas told me. I hit, him, <laughs> I hit him like two or three times. I had him totally immobilized and told him, I said, and she's screaming, by the way, you know, to get off him. I told him, I said, I'm going to let you up, but you need to move along. You're not supposed to be in this building. And by the way, as I'm doing this, I'm looking around. There's no, the BSO deputy is nowhere to be nowhere seen. Nowhere to be oh, found. Man. But yet, Zach and LT <laughs> and all LT, these guys. <laughs> Any, anybody on that ground floor, uh, Irving Spikes was still with us. He was, uh, anybody on that ground floor was coming out of the room. Anyway, so so the guy gets up, obviously embarrassed in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, just and, and, and she tells him, well, you know, you're not going to let him get away with that, are you? So he rushes me again. <laughs> he comes back for more? Come this on. Time, this time, I grabbed him and ran him into the wall. And he went down, and again, guy <laughs> said I hit him and kicked him. I might have hit him a couple more times. He was done at that point. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> now I look up, and the BSO deputy is screeching up in his car, jumps out, grabs the guy, handcuffs him, throws him in the back of the car. Well, the hotel shows up. Hotel personnel show up. Come to find out, they'd made a mistake, and he did have a room. Oh, there no. He, <laughs> he was in his up own hotel. Fourth, yeah, he was going up to his room. So <laughs> with that in mind... To avoid a lawsuit with the hotel, I asked the deputy to release him, told the guy, look, if you'll go up to your room and, and don't make any noise, and you know, because I'm checking the rooms now. We'll get and, you some field passes. Well, no, no, <laughs> no, I, no, I, didn't, no. I, didn't, I didn't go that far, but I said, just if you if you'll quiet down and, and go, which he did. He ended up, he was meek as a lamb. And then I bet the next day, he was actually part of a group that had come in for the game. Like a travel group. He was a fan. And the next day I found out that he, you know, he showed up, he had some bruises on his face, and he showed up. And his story was to the other people in the group that I, along with either a player or another security type, like two on one them. Right. Sure. That's the story, right? Jumped him. He had to tell it that way. That is, I can't believe he came back for more, but my favorite part, and I didn't know this part, <laughs> that he actually had a room he in there. He room. did have a room in our building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, though? If he had just said, hey, you know what? I don't know what the mix up is. I have a key here, but he said he right. was Larry Izzo. That's he, where he got it. That's where it happened. If he'd have shown me his key, I would have said, fine, you, right. you know, just go up to your room. But like I said, when, when, he handed the, when he handed the drink to the girlfriend and, and kind of put me in a situation where, you know, if you're, if you're in charge of security, it's one thing to get your ass kicked. I right. mean, and believe me, growing up down here, that happened to me plenty of times. <laughs> but it's another thing to back down. And, and right. you know, I, again, the guy just put me in a situation where with, with players coming out. And by the way, at that point, I'd had a pretty good relationship with Jimmy Johnson. I mean, you know, we'd gotten along well. He kept me, I and mean, he kept me on. Sure. And but after that, I basically walked on water with him. I he, can only he, imagine. He heard the story the next day. <laughs> One of the first guys out of his room was Kevin O'Neill, who was also on the ground floor. And he told Jimmy that story the next day. You know, followed by the players. I, I could do no wrong. Right, that's what's up right there. So how great is it that the guy actually did have a room in the hotel? It's my favorite part of the whole story. Bonaventure, always known for their customer service and their great room <laughs> service. And apparently the Miami Dolphins, too, treating their fans the right way. I love that Stu got the guy pulled out of the car, though. I mean, they were getting ready to take him away. And Stu maybe felt a little guilty about it. But the stories afterwards by the players, top notch. Heart of gold. <laughs>
<laughs> Gold. Wide stance. Hey, pal. So there's no way that we could have a best of episode without finishing with Channing Crowder. Oh, boy. Channing, we did two episodes. Channing dove into the tank and stayed for quite some time. One outrageous story after the next. It was hard to single one out, but we chose this one. Channing was drafted with a guy in his same class. So Ronnie Brown was the first round pick, if you remember. He was drafted with a guy named Matt Roth. Channing and Matt always had something crazy going on. And in the tank... Channing discusses with us how he feels about Matt Roth, his intellect, and the way they got Matt geared up for a game. Let's check it out. Roll the tape. That's funny. Matt Roth was not an intellectual player. Y'all got me feeling bad about calling people. He is not an intellectual player. But uh, they knew it when they brought him in. It was. It came to a point where uh, we had calls. It was actually calls they set up for JT to where if anything happened, we had we had a Baker change. You know, Charlie change, Apple change, where like we could, like I was saying, we could make it where they couldn't double team JT. And that's how, you know, like the smart football people, like I, I didn't just make the call. I understood the call with Zach explaining me why we're doing this and why we're trying to get the slide front and everything. So like my rookie, I was learning on the run, but I'm learning around, you know, four Hall of Famers and 10 Pro Bowlers. So I'm learning this, learning on the run. So we had all these calls. We had one called Butch, where if you're offset, the back's offset to you, your defensive end, and it's a, you know, it's a talented back. It's a Darren Sproles. It's a Reggie Bush. It's a, it's a Ladanian at his prime. Mm-hmm. You'll say Butch. So if he releases outside, you don't cover him, just push him. So he'll get a little deeper in the backfield so the linebacker's angle's better on coverage. You know, it kind of closes the window for the quarterback because he won't be passing the line of scrimmage. So it's Butch. Baker changed, Charlie changed, whatever. We had all the calls, but the one was Butch. Hit the back if you're to his side. So Matt Ross at defensive end. I was – I played – I played first string Will, second string Mike, third string uh, Sam. So I'm on everything. So I'm the second string Mike, Zach's still there. And go out to a preseason game, see the back, offset to Matt Roth. Say, Matt Roth, Butch. No, I didn't say, I say Matt Roth. I said, Butch, Butch, just make the call. Slide left, slide right, you know, motion right, cut. I'm taking all the calls. Butch, Butch. And he's not tapping his ass. You got to tap your ass. That's right. why you see all the guys tapping their ass. Right. People see, that means I got to call. Somebody says something to them, they're not tapping their ass because it's just tapping their ass. <laughs> so, they got it. I got yeah, it. so you say, but, you know, when the quarterback, when you make, had when that the quarterback make, a, make a read, you know what I'm saying? You give him a nod. I got face, man, right. something. So I'm waiting for the little, the little slap. So I'm, butch, butch, butch. My goddamn name is Matt. It's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what? At that moment, what? Come on! I saw George Edwards. I oh. saw Will Muschamp. I saw damn! I didn't even see Saban, but I'm sure he had the same. They it all clicked in their mind. This right. is this is not a player that needs no. help. This is an intellectually low low intellect player. They told me that. Entire and you say game. that with so much oh affection, because Zach, yeah, y'all made me feel bad. Because Zach made all the calls. Zach would make all the check, and I had to know him because I was a second string Mike. So Zach would make all the strong left, strong right, slide right, butch half, you know, uh, boxing in and outs, pointing trips, pointing bunches, all that stuff. My job was to make sure that Matt Roth knew what to do. <laughs> My coach George Edwards, the guy one responsibility. Early, he would say, "Hey, make sure Zach knows, because you know Zach can knock his, he'll knock himself the fuck out." <laughs> they were like, "Hey, if Zach's loopy, you make the call. If Zach's okay, then you make sure Matt's okay." So I would have to tell him, yeah, slide left. Okay, slide. I would listen to Zach. Slide left, slide right. Okay, yeah, back off, set half. Do all the math in my mind. Matt, outside leverage. Matt, B gap. I had to just whisper to him, and I'd be like, Matt, you got it? And he'd nod and slap his ass. <laughs> and that was my job doing it. The funniest story ever about Matt, 
this is where you you can fudge the system if you're intelligent enough to the point of a Saban or a Zach or one of these vets where the 49ers only ran to YY tight ends, double tight ends. It was, it was Sean Hill. They were sorry as shit. And so we, we figured out, like, they go slot, they're running to double tight ends. If emotions, they're running to the trip. They're only running power side. So if Matt was ever to the on tight end side, we told him, we were like, yeah, Matt, they're running at you. But he couldn't do the math where it's, it's a 50-50 chance. Like, you're right. one defensive end if they're – it's just – they called it that way. It doesn't mean shit. <laughs> but we, he was so intellectually challenged that we convinced him that they are aiming at him and they think he's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so they ran the ball a couple times. Frank might have – I think Frank was still there. Gore. They ran the ball. And they got some, they got some run. They got a couple runs, backside cutbacks. And so we put this in, we like, we kind of in the inception with that pretty white boy, the movie. Oh, yeah. It says Leonardo DiCaprio. I'll make a baby with him if we could. <laughs> but, uh, like, we, we put inception in his mind throughout the week that uh, we're like, hey, like, if I look at this game plan, Matt, like, they going to come at you. Like, get ready. Like, we were just saying, like, hey, bro, get ready, Matt. They coming at you, man, because I don't see what else they could do. So we built it up like, hey, man, they, they think you a bitch. So, man, they come out, just one of those coincidental 50-50 chance they're going to run the ball. The YY's at his side. Matt, here they come. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> it was Vernon Davis was at the tight end. The YY was some big white boy. I remember it was in Dolphin Stadium. Matt Ross on the left side. I said, Matt, here they come. And we say that all the time. You know, if they get in, if they get in near back, it's a great chance of running near back. So we'll be like, we'll just alert people. Hey, Zach, tell me, hey, CC, your way. Hey, you know, uh, June, June Bug, your way. Like, everybody did it. But we put inception in Matt's mind that 49ers, they think you're a bitch. So when I said, hey, 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 uh, hey, alert left. They coming that way, Matt, they coming that way. Oh, they are? They're coming this way? I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. Vernon Davis was in his stance. He looked at Matt, and Matt was head up with him, a, a foot apart from him. He, he had those him. eyes, too, man. Yeah, he had that crazy, <laughs> crazy eye. What he did was... What right. is that? Hippa, Hippa laws? Yeah. Yeah, we do Hippa laws? Yeah, we'll leave it. Okay, I say, oh, hypothetically, allegedly, Matt was on medication. He never took it on Sunday. <laughs> Every day but Sunday. Matt was crazy. Hypothetically, allegedly. What are all the words we need to use? And when he said, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers, <laughs> Vernon Davis looked at his face, saw those eyes, and heard that. He looked over at the Titan over his right shoulder. That dude looked a little worried. <laughs> he looked up at Sean Hill, and Sean Hill's not, Sean Hill doesn't hear nothing. He's just calling the cadence. You know, they're in slots, so everything is left, and, and everything to his left, and, but all the actions to our left. Right. So he's even looking the other way. So then he looks over to, you know, check, check that side, and Vernon Davis and the, and, the, and the wing is looking at him, and Sean kind of, he kind of looking confused, and they just both shake their head like, no. <laughs> and Calling it off. We're like sitting there. I'm, I'm standing right at Sean. So Sean looks and he like shrugs his shoulders and both of them are like, nah, <laughs> they want no part of don't it. Don't run towards this goddamn <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> if you line up in front of a grown man anywhere in the world, the goddamn Piggly Wiggly or the, 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 the quick check, if a man looks at you, I'm going to fuck this <laughs> motherfucker up. Coke. Time, time out, out. <laughs> They call time, time out. out. They, Sean Hill called a timeout. If you're running, wow. Seth, you're running the ball to the right. You look to the right. It's four, if four of your teammates are to the right, you look to, the, to that side, and two of the four are shaking their head no <laughs> at you. 
Sean, well, no party. this is not a good idea of what I just heard from this and crazy Sean had man. no idea what it <laughs> was. Sean didn't know what it was, but he called a timeout. I would love to hear that yeah. sideline conversation. He learned it later, but later on, Vontae was down here. I know Vontae Davis. This is after. This is, this is before Vontae. But we end up hanging out. Von Vernon came down, comes down to hang out with Tay, and me and Tay are hanging out. So I end up asking Vernon about it. And he was like, he was said the exact story. He was like, man, that big ass white boy said some crazy shit. I said, no. Ain't no Vernon, yeah. ain't no blocking guy anyway. Nah, Vernon was nah, like, man, he, hell no part. he said, he said, man, that big crazy white dude said something. I said, mm-mm. Coach, new play. So oh. yeah, he made them, he made them burn a timeout by yelling. That I'm going to F these mother effers. Now, did he have any great. idea that that's what he accomplished? Or was it just lost on him? No, I could tell him right now he wouldn't understand. <laughs> oh, he, my God. So, uh, so you, you should have got him that hyped up every play. I, we, couldn't, we couldn't put the inception in his mind. <laughs> I'm not letting out of the Caprio. I wish I was. Oh, or at least pretty, with that's him. A pretty that's man. Man. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty man. We could raise a baby so, together. Yeah. <laughs> we could raise, we could make you could, one. You could, you could make one and raise one. one. <laughs> Has there ever been a better guest than Channing Crowder? That story might be my favorite in the two episodes that he did. I love that they got Matt Roth that hyped up that teams were burning timeouts because they were scared shitless of what that guy might do. Crowder was so hyped up that we need we might not have to offer bottle service next time he comes in. <laughs> yeah, the beers weren't going to cut it. We need to. He he got in the mood. You know, I don't know how the guy does it five days a week, but he brought it to another level here in the tank. No doubt. So that concludes the first edition of the best of the fish tank volume one here on the midpoint of the Miami Dolphins season. Yeah. Pretty sure we're sitting at four and four. Uh, I'd like to think the Dolphins are going to have a better second half of the season than the first half. Maybe I'm being optimistic, but I know that there's plenty more good things to come right here in the fish tank. Plenty more to come, but yet also a lot more in the can. Yeah, I think that people need to go back and listen to these episodes. Whether you've heard them before or you heard something here that's going to make you go back and listen to the full episode, we promise you there's not a dull moment in any of these. And I'm telling you, there are more guests that are lined up. We're having a blast, and, and we look forward to providing more of these amazing stories that you just can't hear anywhere else. So as our guy O.J. McDuffie would say, thanks, thanks for, for diving, diving in. in. So that does it for the first edition of the Best of the Fish Tank. We're at the midway point of the NFL season. We hope things get a little bit better for the Dolphins, but we know things are only going to continue to be fun here in the Fish Tank. Preach, I appreciate you joining us for this one. Oh, it's good to be here. Finally get to turn my microphone on a little it's just, instead of just laughing in the background. <laughs> you do a hell of a job of laughing in the background as well, well, but it is great to hear your voice. You've been a part of every one of these, and they have been a ton of fun. That being said, we miss our guy, OJ. Can't wait to get him back in the tank. And in the spirit of OJ McDuffie, we'd like to tell all of you listening, thanks, thanks for, for diving, diving in. in. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. Dolphins, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard 
Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about the fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject you know it's all about them fins And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fins You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive, dive in fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank Don't ever add a token